Welcome to Shear Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the in-depth Through the Bible series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's join my husband, Pastor Greg, as he begins the Sunday Sermon. In this part of the Heavenly Authority series, I've enjoyed the last two sermons on David and Goliath. It's a fascinating and wonderful part of the Scriptures. And today, we will be closing chapter 17 in 1 Samuel. In review, we've seen the qualities that David has, even as a young man, that so makes him the perfect leader for God to choose to be king over Israel. We said he was responsible. He took his responsibility seriously. He was dutiful. He was obedient to those in authority over him. We saw the great vision of God, of what God can do, the power of God, the great faith that David exhibits in what God can do. And his zeal for what is right, to see God's way. Remember that expression, is there not a cause? Is there not a word? How he's compelled to speak the word of God. We saw David putting himself out in front of the battle, taking on the burden, assuming the responsibility, and not so concerned for his own self and his own safety, but rather for the things of God. And we've seen how he's been prepared. We know that he's defeated the lion and that he's defeated the bear. And David has learned from the past. He remembers God's delivering ability. He has delivered and he will deliver. It's a logical sequence for David. And so he's confident in God. We saw David as the good shepherd and the pastor's heart for the sheep's welfare to want to grab the little sheep out of the mouth, the mouth of the lion and the mouth of the bear. And we left off last time in verse 40 when he takes his staff in his hand and he chooses for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he puts them in the shepherd's bag and he takes his sling and he draws near to the Philistine. And we said that David was a clever man. He's not obsequious to all that Goliath wants. He is not letting Goliath set the ground rules. Rather, David will set the ground rules based on the wisdom of the Lord. He's not comfortable in the armor of Saul. And it's so important that we're comfortable with the weapons of our warfare, right? He takes off the armor of Saul. And it typifies and symbolizes the fact that we cannot fight the battle the world's way. We have to fight it the Lord's way, in the Lord's wisdom, in the Lord's time. And it also tells us that we need to be comfortable with the weapons of our warfare in spiritual realms. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
and verse 15, Paul says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And as David is comfortable there as a shepherd with his shepherd's staff and a shepherd's sling and those stones, we must be comfortable with the weapons of our warfare. And it's so important that we are diligent to present ourselves approved to God, that we indeed are workers who are not ashamed, but we are able to rightly divide the word of truth and call upon the word, even as Jesus called upon the word of God, to defeat the temptations of Satan. The word of God is a sharp sword. And we think to that armor, that spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6. It appears here that Goliath is fully armored. And we've discussed his armor several times. It seems here that Goliath is fully prepared. He's a man of war from his youth. But we've seen that David is better prepared by God, and David has a better armor. You say, well, where is the armor? He's there in a shepherd's outfit. David has a spiritual armor, that armor that we should study over and over again in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. David knows the truth. He knows the truth about God. He will not let the lies of Satan, he will not let the lies of Goliath keep him from the truth of who God is. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we saw how David hungers and thirsts for righteousness. That desire, that zeal for what is right, for God's way, is a protection over the heart. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. David is at peace with God. That's why he has no fear of Goliath. Saul, who's a much taller man, taller than all the others in the camp, the people around him, they're afraid of this giant. They're not at peace with God. When the peace of God reigns in us, we can move. And we'll see David moves here. David doesn't just move, David runs. And we'll see David acts quickly because he's at peace with God. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all, not some, all the fiery darts of the wicked one, the shield of faith. We have read already back in verse 7 that there is a shield bearer that goes before Goliath. Goliath has so much equipment on him, he can't carry his own shield. So this poor guy has to go before him, this Philistine, and carry the big shield of Goliath, and we'll see him again. But David has the shield of faith. And the one that goes before him and places the shield before him is much mightier than that Philistine shield-bearer that goes before Goliath. Take the helmet of salvation, 
to know the knowledge of salvation that covers and washes our mind and sets our thoughts aright. David knows God. He knows that God is the saving God. He has knowledge of salvation. He has knowledge of deliverance, and it's a helmet upon his head. We'll see that the protection upon Goliath's head is not very good. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. David knows the word. David sings the word. We've seen peaceful David soothe Saul with his hymns, his psalms. And David speaks the word even to Goliath, as we'll read now. So he takes these five smooth stones from the brook. Goliath is gifted and equipped for close-range combat, obviously, with his incredible size and armor. David's strategy and the wisdom God gives him, obviously, with his sling, is to fight Goliath at a distance. Verse 41, So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him, carrying that big shield. And when, verse 42, the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained, or some of your verses will say he despised him, he disdained David, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. He sees this young, smaller, fine-looking man coming at him with no armor on him, and he disdains David. He despises him. He looks down upon him. You know, often the world, when they look at Christians, they disdain us. They despise us. We seem sometimes too nice to them, too innocent, not worldly wise. You know, David has no battle scars. He's not a guy that walk cragged with warfare upon his face and his body that's shown he's been in a good battle. And Goliath can say, hey, I got a good, competent foe here that's going to give me a little bit of a challenge. And sometimes the world looks at Christians as too nice, too weak. Some pagan tribes, when Christianity comes in and is preached to them, the men do not want to accept it because they call it a woman's religion. It's just too much love and too much peace and goodness. And it seems weak to them. And they disdain it. They despise it. There are major world religions that look at Christianity like that. They see it as weak. And they despise it. I remember some time back there was a ball player on one of the major league teams who was active as one of a number of athletes that made this commercial where they advertised for free this booklet about the Bible. And they encouraged people to call in for this free booklet so that they would read it and then start to read the Bible and turn and find Jesus as Lord. And they gave their testimonies. And this one ball player gave his testimony. And that season, like all seasons, ball players have times where they do well and times where they do bad. Uh, Mid-season, he had difficulty. And right away, all the pundits... And even his own management, and it was approaching the trading deadline, and there was talks of trading him, 
right away they were saying, well, maybe he's not mean enough. Maybe he just doesn't have it. You know, he's a very religious man. Maybe he's a little too nice. He doesn't have that killer instinct. And there was disdain in their voice when they spoke about him. And he was almost traded. Now he's one of the most impressive pitchers, an overpowering pitcher, and his numbers speak for themselves. He was not traded. But you still sense in the voice of some of the management they're not too pleased with him because he's a Christian. And he advertised a book about the Bible. To them, it's a weakness. The world will many times see Christians as not worldly enough, not worldly wise. They don't struggle enough. They don't do their jobs. They, they won't do those things that need to be done, which we all know are wrong but have to be done. And they see it as a weakness. They're not battle-scarred. They're not tough. They're not mean. Here's Goliath, mean Goliath, and they send me this young, smooth, unscarred, unarmored David. He despises it. It's weakness to him. You have been listening to Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. You can write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub at Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. We pray you serve the Lord with all your heart and look forward to having you join us for the next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub.